Welcome everybody. My name is Alexander Greb. I am the Customer Advisory Lead for S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you rule because you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. First, a public service announcement. If you like what you hear on this podcast, also take a look at my publications on the Digitalist Magazine via www.digitalistmag.com where I will start to frequently publish my best practices that can help you on your road to become an intelligent enterprise. So take a look at www.digitalistmag.com. Well, now about today's topic. Basically, turning people's heads by talking about innovation is easy. Invent some fancy little title for yourself, which should ideally contain the words innovation, digitalization or in the best case alchemist and very important dress up like a hipster that adds credibility then you look up youtube for the latest ted talks and you will be able to reel off the fancy innovations in cloud castles and hope the whole linkedin community will cheer for you well unfortunately at times it happens to be like that and that's not good because it takes the substance out of the topic since you forgot the most important aspect how true innovation at the customer can be ignited. It should be individual, approachable and tangible. If you're in no cases, do not touch the individual situation and strategy of the customer. You failed and you are doing more harm than help. So let's bring the substance back and put an emphasis on the aspect of tangibility. That's why I invited somebody who does not only talk about innovation, but also takes care that it is spark, realized and implemented. He makes his hands dirty. He is the innovation guy, Mr. Timo Deiner, here at the SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome, Mr. Timo Deiner. Hi, Alex. Let me first introduce you with an, I say almost an insult, because to be honest, you look really normal. Oh, really? Why? Um, <laughs> no weird bird, uh, but still, you are the innovation guy. I, I tell you why, why I say this, because sometimes you have a little bit the feeling that people having the innovation in their title have a certain optical weirdness. <laughs> and I'm just telling you this because lately a customer of mine, he said that, and this is a real story, he had a series of innovation workshops um, with lots of, technology companies and partners and so on and lots of speakers of course with the word innovation um, in their title okay. and he made the observation that people working in this discipline have most of the cases some certain visual attributes let's call it like that <laughs> so he came up with the theory <laughs> that there must be some secret visual pattern showing the ranks of people working in innovation and he said mustache is probably associate Fulbert a senior and Fulbert ear tunnel and undercut is then probably CTO. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I'm the working student more or less than. In, in <laughs> <laughs> so, so how are you supposed to, to convince with your qualities? 
So competence. Yeah, competence could be one answer. Yes, yeah, of course. Um, so I'm I'm the nerd by heart, to be honest. So I'm I'm still a nerd in my heart. So um, I don't care about the um, bird stuff and so on. So it's more or less <laughs> to do to do really the things I'm talking about. And um, I think this is the better credibility then. And, and this is exactly what you're talking about. The reason why I invited you, and I'm really happy to have you here because um, of course it's easy to talk about innovation and to talk about the theoretical stuff and like all these examples which everybody knows by now um, but doing innovation actually and um, putting this into action is uh, like always a complete different discipline but you are one of those people who mm -hmm. do that that's why I'm really happy to have you here and um, you said like you are a nerd how do you bring that nerdiness into this discipline in your eyes and in your opinion? To be honest, I would, I can only talk about things when I, when I made my, or when I put my hands into it. So um, when we introduced that machine learning foundation, for example, at SAP, I was one of the first who sat in a training and I said, hey, let me play around with that. So mm. I'm really interested in to, to, to play around with that new technology and, and stuff like that. Um, just to get a better feeling um, how to use it, where where are some weaknesses, what's what's good about that. And um, this is my approach to to make innovation live, uh, mm -hmm. to be honest. So, um, yeah. That, for me, which sets in the question, when you said with the Machine Learning Foundation, um, there, there are lots of words running around, mm -hmm. which are hip. Yeah. Let's call... I do not want to say like AI or something like this. You miss like blockchain. Blockchain <laughs> are hip words. Um, the question, of course, that very often comes up in that um, respect is um, which kinds of those disciplines are really relevant, which kinds are more like lighthouse or visions, mm -hmm. which kinds of are more um, things I can put into action. Where do you make the distinction or what do you think are the topics which are more in the, let's say, visionary, mm -hmm. in the visionary pot and which of, which of them are more in the, um, let's say, we can start with this right now mm -hmm. pot? I think it's a, it's a good question and you, you can give a really easy answer to that um, when you are looking at the customers. So um, when the money is coming from marketing, mm -hmm. it's more or less the visionary stuff and mm -hmm. that showcase stuff and the lighthouse stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really important from my point of view mm -hmm. because you have to show the vision and you have to show the possibilities what you could do with all these new technologies like 3D printing and stuff like that. But when the money comes from the business and then there is a real value behind because then you solve real world problems and mm -hmm. so on. And if AI or machine learning or chatbots is the answer for that problem or can solve that real life problem, then you're good to go. But um, from my point of view, many people mix that stuff together and say, okay, innovation is always the cool thing and that showcase lighthouse project mm -hmm. and so on. But in real life, to be honest, innovation is much, much more simpler than mm -hmm. only putting these cool lighthouse projects into place. It's, it solves real life problems. Um, tell me some examples for both disciplines. Um, when you say like um, those lighthouse topics, I always think about the example with uh, there's a certain a certain shoe store by a German company, which mm -hmm. is quite often 
taken as an example, um, which is coming more or less from that more marketing perspective. Okay, those people say, this is important for us. We try things out there and so on. But this is nothing at that moment today right now, which is relevant for each and every customer. Mm -hmm. It's relevant for us to find out where the future will lie in because we have to find something like an environment in which we can try out these Absolutely. real processes. Um, on the other hand, when you say or when you talk about uh, solving real life problems, um, do you think like um, people at the moment are putting something like a sound emphasis on the balance of both of these? Or do you think from your perspective and your experience, those discussions are sometimes a little bit off? It depends on from which perspective you are looking on these questions. So when we are looking from an SAP perspective to that, we are always looking on that visionary stuff, to be honest. So we are trying to sell these new business models like compressed air as a service or stuff like that, or the 3D printing and blockchain everywhere and machine learning everywhere. But our customers, to be honest, they are not living in that bubble. They have real problems. And the problem pattern is much more simpler. Sometimes it's only stuff about yeah, automating some processes which are currently paper-based, for example, or which um, has uh, have lots of manual work. And innovation for them is to solve that issue and to, to reduce some, some times, for example, when you need a week for a process, for an internal process, for example, uh, in, in comparison to, to just one, some, some minutes or so. And um, this is the difference from my point of view. And um, yeah, to be honest, it's much more easier to tell the vision stuff, but our customers, they are interested in, hey, how can I leverage technology to solve an issue I have today and I, I need to solve it today and because yeah we have that CDO that chief digital officer in our company and um, yeah they want to bring the the company forward but some some of the people are afraid and they are afraid of what's coming next and um, all these new hype topics and so on and you can use these little projects and these little problem solvers so to say to take the fear of the people that there is coming something bad no it's not bad it's it's for good and it helps all of us and this is yeah my point of view you're right making because what what makes talking about um that visionary innovation so easy is that in most of the cases you do not have to go into the infight with the customer he, he doesn't react on this like always like challenging what you said and like bringing that into his own situation because it's visionary and that's a little bit far away mm -hmm. when you go for let's say onboard innovation let's call it like that when you have something like a solution like s4 or something like that and you have the new stuff already in there as a kind of a product where you say like implement this then you can use this and then you are like better have more transparency or whatever um, then of course you have this step where you really have to um, tackle this with the reality of the customer and the customer has then to decide if he's really better off with that or not mm -hmm. and that makes it much more let's say uncomforting maybe to 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 discuss about that um, but, but how do you see this um, are there certain disciplines and so on where it's easier to find that step from what used to be visionary a few time let's say a few years ago make that tangible now like for example is user experience something where you say this is an area and discipline where this step can be for example as an entrance can be mm -hmm. easily done or User experience is, is a really, really great example from my point of view because um, 
yeah, it gives a completely different experience to the users, to the customers, to the employees of an maybe already existing process behind. So imagine you had a, a transaction in your classical SAP GUI and no one from the young people especially is, um, is able to use that because it needs lots of explanation and you only need a part of that process. And now you go there and you mobilize that in way of an web application Fiori or in an, in an application for your smartphone, for example, and now it's self-explaining. Um, but the process behind is completely the same. It's, but it's a better experience now. It's much more easier to, um, um, to, to use and to, to implement now. That's really, really cool from my point of view. And then the people see, okay, um, it helps that there is someone who listens to my problems, who understands my problems, because maybe the process is good. But on the other hand, we sometimes have that that we see people um, putting lots of effort into that process optimization, but they forget than the user experience. And from my point of view, user experience is always the face to digital or the face to digital transformation. And if you fail in that case of user experience, you can have the best process behind and the best automated process and so on. But when the interaction with the user at the end of the day is not as easy as Google or Amazon or whatever you, we, we know from our daily life, um, you will fail. That's my clear standpoint. You will fail if the user experience is not as good as in your private life as you are used to have the user experience in your in your daily life. That's a great point because um, one of my favorite stories or the favorite experience because it opened my eyes quite a lot was that a customer of mine, he's working, um, he was the CIO working at a mid-sized company quite near where you are from, like in the Schwäbische Alb um, there, where they say, like, we do not have so much young people in this area living. They move to the bigger cities and mm -hmm. so on. Um, but we want, of course, to win or to keep those people. And we have those young people like working for us when they are students at university. But we wondered ourselves, um, why do, not, do they not come back? Yeah, like they worked for us and then they went to make write, for example, the master's thesis, but they did not come back mm -hmm. after this. And I was wondering, why is that? We are a good company. We are like a hidden champion. We are global active and so on. And so what he really did was he really looked like after some telephone numbers and he called them. And I uh, said, "Hey, what's up? You you worked for us, and so on. You why did not did you not apply for a job with us?" And the feedback he got was really interesting because they said, mm, "To be honest, um, we do not like the way, or I do not like the way you work, because um, he said like, what kind of let's say infrastructure do we have? R three, AS four hundred, and so on, like mm -hmm. all the classic legacy stuff." Um, they say we are used to different things from our daily life. Uh, when we come into your office, it's like a fallback for 20, 25 years. That's not how we grow up. That's not how we think, yeah. how we work, and so on. And that was a reason for them not to apply for a job at this otherwise great company. And that's when he said this... Um, digitalization goes into both directions. Yeah, it's not just about working with the systems and so on, but it's also about like embracing the user and, and connecting the user with your processes yeah. much better. It's all about the user today from my point of view. It's 
all about the user and it's all about that mindset of that of that young people yeah so imagine they were born 1995 or so yeah. and when they grew up the first device they had was a smartphone mm -hmm. when when they were age 12 or 13 the iphone came up so the first interaction with that so-called internet was an iphone so they are they are yeah they are used to work like that with their fingers and so on so they are not used to to um, to use a mouse or a keyboard or so, which which gives of course uh, which is a side note, but um, like the question you always have to answer yourself when you for example want to do your digitalization strategy in let's say a conversion with a conversion mindset like putting the old stuff over to the like new mm -hmm. digital uh, platforms that you have now we offer now and so on. Um, This is not really digitalization in that way when you continue to work as before, but you are on a new platform. Yeah, you lose that aspect that you were stating with uh, using modern GUIs as an entrance to digitalization. Absolutely, yeah. So when you only do that conversion stuff, you always have to evaluate from my point of view um, what kind of new possibilities do I have now when I when I convert a system to a, to a new landscape so um, yeah we have much more possibilities then because we can access data differently we can access di different systems um, on, a, on a different way now and we have much more possibilities and that's the biggest thing because when we are talking about these conversion stuff and so on um, the users cannot even imagine what they are what they can do in the future now with the system because they they are used to 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 work with that system for 10 years or 20 years now and if you if you don't give them any impression or an idea of how the future could look like and this is where we come back to the first point um why we need that marketing budget lighthouse projects because we have to give the people a vision and an understanding what you can do with innovation and then you can step back and say okay um when we take a look at at speed for example what What of these big things can I implement in a really, really quick way? And a really quick way is for me in a time frame of three to four months or so. So we need that, to be honest. So we are not in that full startup mode. And then you can make that really, really tangible for the people as well. And But you need to rethink everything behind. It's not just moving from old landscape to a new landscape. It's much more behind. That's a good point because... Um One of my favorite, let's say, kickoffs into an implementation was at the customer where he said, um, we do not want to be like those who say we start a digitalization project as more or less a pure IT project and so on. But from the beginning, he said, we have to embrace people. So what they did was they made something like a small expo like a whole day where they said this is normally anyways our big company fair which we do each year and now we will use this as our embrace our step into the future where we say um, we have of course some keynotes there some interesting uh, speeches and so on but we have on the outside of, of, of our venue they had some certain spots there where people could try out those new kinds of work like mm -hmm. it was like an expo like mm -hmm. your view into tomorrow how do I work tomorrow how could our production function tomorrow and they have like small cases setups and so on like I said in a small expo where the people could try out and it was perfect because um, they really it, it got tangible yeah. to them they could touch it and so on and um, it was really simple or similar in that way a story you told me about your 
um, boy and that um, what was the story with the Spotify or something like that uh, playlist that you made for them this interface yeah it's, it's a quite funny story but it, it it really applies to my daily business so it's some years back so my son is now six years old and it was yeah I guess four years now so um, when he was two years old and he loves music and he loves listening to music or to to the kids kids music and so on And I was wondering, how can I give him access to music without giving him a smartphone or so? Because he's two years old. Yeah, of course he can use that device, but yeah, it's maybe a little bit too much because there are so many icons around that and then he starts playing Angry Birds or stuff like that. And then I um, was thinking about, hey, what, what can we do? And I saw a product out there in the market. It, it, it used some, some figures or so and you can put them on it. And then, then there comes the nerd again. I said, okay, this is cool, but I'm also Swabian, to be honest, so this is too expensive for me. So um, I took my son and I said, hey, um, Nico, let's try something new. I want to give you access to music and you have to use it by yourself. So what's what's important for you? And he said, yeah, I want to see, uh, when I see the picture, I know this is Benjamin Blümchen, for example, or this is music, ABC. And then we um, went into... Uh, yeah, more or less design thinking and then I took him and we used some wood and stuff and we built a new music player for him and the technology behind was was quite simple because we used a Raspberry Pi and we used a some RFID chips and I put some pictures on that RFID cards, you know, from the hotel room, the, the key cards. So you, yeah, the like you printed it out and just really sticked on this word. You had several cards? Exactly. Okay, so you had like a Benjamin Blümchen card and maybe a... Binemaya and Simone whatever Sunshine yes. or how they are exactly called. and and he saw the picture or he saw the picture and he said okay I only have to put it onto that wooden box and I helped my my dad here to to put that together and so on so he was involved in that development process and he saw before our first POC more or less was just the plain Raspberry and a RFID reader and um I tried that out and I gave it to him and said, okay, just just play around and it was connected to a speaker and he really enjoyed it. And then we put that together and made some nice pictures on the wooden box and so on. And today he's six years old, so he's he's of course comfortable mm -hmm. in, in playing around with an iPhone or so, but he still believes that this box was his idea and he was part of that whole process when this... Um, when we built that up and he still loves that music box because yeah it's it's like his project and um that's from my point of view such a cool story because we reinvented the way he can experience music he doesn't have to go to me or my wife to say hey um i want to listen benjamin blümchen mm -hmm. so he can do that by him by himself and he still feels that he has built that box and um now he's always coming with some new ideas so dad can we do this and that and i have an idea and so on and this is the mindset i would uh, i wanted to change uh, because now he says okay when we did that what about the idea of this and that so can we can we build on top of this idea and this is exactly the same what we see in business today but i think what you came up with now or what you like maybe developed in that in by that case was like two best practices because the first thing since you from the start involved your son with the innovation and he of course gave his input to you because mm -hmm. probably if you would have done it by yourself it would have looked different and he would not maybe not be so happy with it because he really give, gave his own input um, he really embraced that technology and that new kind of innovation and that new kind of working. Absolutely. So he really 
adopts that way of working with that innovative interface into like his Spotify mm -hmm. world much easier than if you would have done it alone, presented to him, say, okay, now you get something like education efforts and then you know how it works. Mm -hmm. And the other way was like um, you learned him innovative thinking by that. Yes. And he will approach things differently in later stages of his not only life but when when he ever comes up with that and i think this is the same like we realize when we go into projects with customer doing exactly that like they also adopt this mindset of not consuming things or consuming innovation but be mm -hmm. part of that yeah and bringing their own spin into this absolutely so if it's not there if you cannot buy it then you have to make it and this is exactly his mindset so he, he looks what What can we buy? Is it already there? Do I like that product? Or can can I modify it slightly? Mm -hmm. Or do I have to build it by myself or with my dad or whatever? Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the situation we, we are currently seeing at our customers. So they have an existing digital core and so on, but they want to have a playground or a, um, an area where they can uh, yeah, test the new things out, all these technologies and stuff like that. And yeah, then they can decide, okay, is there something I can yeah, easily use and adopt software as a service or mm -hmm. so, or do I have to build it by myself? Um, since we are coming into that area of putting innovation into action, um, you have like, you were participating or being one of the driving forces in two cases I really much like, um, which I think are quite excellent. What's the right word for it? I'm sorry. Um, the right effect and the, the right showcase for that. The first one is Porsche Motorsports, mm -hmm. um, of course, which is a name where, where my heart goes open. Um, but uh, tell me about it. What did you do there? It's a really cool success story from my point of view because we solved a so, so simple but real-life problem. So imagine... You have that racing team and you are going to Le Mans or something like that. You have to care about lots of people in front of your travel. So um, you have to send the mechanics, the crew and so on. You have to put them into buses and then to the plane and so on um, to go to that um, racetrack. And then they have a schedule there. And um, yeah, they have to work like, uh, like a um, watch. Yeah? It has to be perfectly integrated and so on. And the challenge there is that um, a department at Porsche Motorsport in Weissach, they, they are printing, obviously, uh, basically a, a booklet, a piece of paper, which is sometimes 50 to 60 pages thick with lots of information and font size written eight or 10. You cannot read it and you have every information inside there. So which of the mechanics has to be in the garage? Um, who of marketing has to be responsible for yeah, press conferences and stuff like that? And including all the phone numbers from the mechanics, from the drivers and from all the people that they can yeah, communicate um, to each other. And then the guys from Porsche Motorsport, they listen to a keynote from me and they said, hey, Timo, um, you are talking so much about innovation and mobile and user experience again. Um, and then they showed me that booklet and they said, hey, but this is 2018 at Porsche Motorsport. We are printing booklets. And then we had the idea 
to to do some user research how how important that booklet really is for the mm -hmm. people and they say hey it's my bible at the mm -hmm. race track. Sure, yeah. I, i really need it and then we had the idea to to go to to um, the enterprise design lab of of apple so it was part of our apple and sap partnership and then we reinvented that complete uh, travel experience to the mechanics or to the whole crew and they created a new backend system by the way where they can feed the information in and can plan everything around that And we really solved a, a real-life problem of the mechanics. And the cool thing was, and it's like the story with my son, we included them from day one. We listened to them. We asked them, hey, what what are you doing? What is, what are your challenges? What what do you wish to have in the future? And so on. What can you imagine? What, what um, could be helpful in the future? And this is what we did in a very short time frame. So we started in November 2018 and we were live in February 2019. So it's basically three or four months. Um, Which is nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. It's yeah. nothing. We started from scratch and this is really, really cool from my point of view. And then something really interesting happens because when you look at Porsche Motorsport, they are always the front runner in that Porsche AG um, company. And they say, okay, we have that slogan. It's from, from Motorsport into the series. They have that with their cars. So first it has the Motorsport cars and then the, the normal cars, which you can buy and at, a, at a shop or at a store of Porsche. They bring it into that um, production. And they have the same approach for their IT landscape. And then... Um, that that simple project now goes viral inside that company because many people see that and they see wow and so just four months and so and we have that same pattern we have such such uh, so so many paper-based processes and so on can we do the same and this is exactly what we want to do start small and then spread it and let the users talk for you and not the salespeople, not the SAP salespeople. It's the best when the users and the happy end users, they are the best ambassadors for your project or for your product. This is really nice because I think um, the interesting thing, since I've been a little bit involved in the motorsports, I really can 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 feel like this because it is a huge project. Uh, going to like a 24 hours on Nürburgring or Le Mans is a huge undertaking. It's a huge project and it is a team sport. You have maybe like the team of three to four drivers in such an endurance race who are then of course like the front line who are really have to deliver it on the track but it is a team sport because yeah. if that whole area whole thing behind that if the logistics if if it's not there when you need it and uh, history uh, like Le Mans 76 or something like that is full of examples like when the working backbone of the team saved a victory in the race yeah. um, th this is really a nice point this is really an interesting point Yeah, we, we can even add something more. So we are just currently talking about Le Mans and so on. And I don't know if you know it, but Porsche enters the Formula E. And um, there you have a complete different set of rules. So you are not allowed to bring as many people to the racetrack as you want. So there is a limited number of employees or working mechanics who are allowed to work on the racetrack. And then the next thing comes because they need to be optimized and organized in a very, very good way because one people or one person has to do the job of two or three people maybe. And there's something like a an, an mobile application can help them because they have now a, a guidance, um, yeah, which parts we have to take or whatever. So there's much more possibilities behind that. And then you can even optimize your own your, your own team. Of course, you you do not 
get a, a better lap round or so on the track. To, you are not a second faster than the competitors, but you are better organized in the way around you work. And competition is everywhere, to be honest. Mm. Which, of course, then in, again may lead to, since you are better organized into an overall in that unfair advantage that yeah. we are also always talking about Absolutely. in motorsports. But again, it's um, so uh, the solution to a real-life problem. Yes. Yeah, which really improved. And um, that's what I think quite often has to be the guiding light because in so many cases we really tend to concentrate on those lighthouse stuff which is interesting and sexy and fantastic and so on but it may a little bit keep the view of the things which are at the short time at the real life more relevant for you and um, that's why for example i always um Propose to my customer like to building something like a three um, a timeline with three areas where they have like a short time frame, midterm, and long term mm -hmm. projects, and they try to keep it balanced. Like because you need, like we said, the visionary things because it gives you a guiding light. But you also, if you just concentrate on the, on them, yeah, you on the one hand could lose your users, you could lose your company because there's nothing in for them on the short yes. uh, range, which actually. Um, changes their life or improves their life but you also may this is something or a Im personal impression that I do um, or I have you may miss things when you're concentrating too much on long term things which are visionary and you might get like overtaken by developments which are happening on a short view um, which you do not really uh, consider in the beginning. And um, I think this is where you always talking about uh, exponential. Yeah. Can you tell about this? Yeah. I think this is also one of the most famous things like that exponential technologies and so on. But um, we can talk hours more or less about that exponential thing. But I think you, you mentioned something really 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 important that mid-term or long-term or short-term thing and before we go into that exponential um, I would like to add something because um, from my point of view it's it's really important to understand that the current business pays the bill for that innovation topics and this is something many many people ignore or they don't want to see that and we need that so-called yeah. old fashioned business the core because business the core yeah. business yeah we we need that because there we have the logistics the production and so on it's in place and it pays it pays currently the bill for that crazy guys with the undercut and so on uh, to do that innovation stuff and from my point of view it's it's really relevant to show them that you reach some goals and this is that short term um, approach so you need to tell them hey this where we are using your money and your your operating margin and whatever, we are using that for a good thing, but here is why. And this is project ABC and this is where we help to, to be the people more happy, to be more efficient or whatever. And of course, at the end of the day, we have that long-term vision that we get a highly automated whatever company which has 3D printing in place and everything based on blockchain or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, and then coming back to that exponential thing, and um, this is from my point of view a funny topic because when we are leveraging these new technologies and we say, hey, now let's try out some, some service chatbots or stuff like that, um, yeah, we are 
maybe we are failing with these projects because the expectations are so high in, in business because some salespeople or innovation people are telling that the chatbots are the next big thing, but everyone ignores that they have to be trained and so on. So they expect um, everything from them and then you, you fail. And the thing behind that exponential thing is that it, it really starts on a very slow and um, low curve. And then everyone says, oh, this is a disappointment and I'm, I'm disappointed. But then th some things happen that technologies build on top of the technologies, things improve, you get more users and it goes viral and stuff like that. And then it really starts and it goes up. And then that's the point where you cannot go back and where you cannot stop it again. Mm -hmm. But when you ignore that, you yeah, it's your path to doom from my point of view. And this is the, the, the thing about exponential that no one sees it coming. Everyone sees that that low curve and says, yeah, okay, this this will never fly. And many of the people ignore that that it will go up and, and will be that successful project, maybe. For for a simple minded guy like me, always I think about the allegory of um of, of, of a gearbox. Like when you're in the first gear, when you take off and you are in the first gear of course you mm -hmm. are at high rpm with not not very much speed yeah but with the second and third and so on you gain speed and so on and i i remember like there was some when, when the iphone came out um there were some uh in some newspapers and some, some articles about uh really like is this a big thing yeah because there are no really so many different apps available yeah where are where is the purpose and so of course this has had to grow but it just took like for a few months until you have something like a critical basis so this this leads us to the topic where how how should i behave in that way is it something like i should be careful and should should wait and should observe or should i jump on everything which is happening because i'm afraid i could lose something Good question. And to be honest, I cannot answer it um, with a yes or no, or yes, you should do that, because it's always depending on yourself, on your mindset, and on the area where you are working on. Um, I think observation is a good thing. It's also a good thing to try things out. And it's so easy today to play around with the things because you don't have to invest into infrastructure or so. So it's there, it's available in the cloud. You can get a trial version of everything today. So just play around and test it. And maybe you have some ideas, talk with colleagues about that. And yes, of course, from my point of view, there are hype topics, which are, I wouldn't say overrated, but that thing around blockchain or so. To be honest, there are so many ideas of blockchain and so on. But um, in my real life, I never had a project where we where I said, okay, this has to be a blockchain project. So, But we, I talked to so many IT guys, they said, hey, we have to do something with blockchain and so on. Let's use blockchain because that's the newest thing. And I said, no, you cannot do that with, or you can do that with a database as well. And it's much cheaper, faster, whatever. And you don't have to to, to use that, that hottest stuff in, uh, which is currently in place. And that leads automatically to a to different point from my point of view when you say, okay, I jump on every topic mm -hmm. and I do the newest projects with the newest um, technology behind. Um, some, some bad things might happen inside your company. And this is what we call that, yeah, uh, how is it called? That corporate immune system. Um, because then other people who are very experienced in their job and they see there is a guy coming with new technology and he tries to do everything 
yeah. completely different way, they will attack that yeah. like an immune system. They will say, no, this won't work and so on. And this is this is a risk, but it's also important because you have to to defeat your idea and you have to tell them, hey, why I'm why am I doing that in a different way? But but is that corporate immune system really something negative? Because uh, in a certain way, that's also like what we did now when we a little bit looked a little bit critical into blockchain. We say okay, there 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 are the cases for blockchain, but are everything we connect with blockchain really a blockchain case? And maybe we will destroy or like harm a technology by putting too much expectations into it. Um, is, isn't that immunity system something like which on the one hand may help you to put the right expectations into it? Like give it a chance, do not overestimate it, give it a chance on the one hand. And on the other side, if you are coming with the idea, give you something like a necessary sparring to prove that your idea yeah. is worth of take forward because when we talk about innovation we are always talking about so positive about that that almost every idea is great which is of course not i have everybody of us has lots of stupid ideas in in the second sense when we when you think about this so we we need that kind of sparring that kind of clearing process so is it is it something negative it can be i guess but um I think in many cases it can be something like um, your pivot to do the right thing, or is it not? It is. It is. It is. To be honest, yes, it is. Um, yeah, it is. But you you have to be careful, of course. So um, the immune system can kill ideas. It can kill ideas, and then it's a bad thing. But I think it's in in every situation you s you should see the positive things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, especially talking about your idea, challenging your idea to be or to get challenged by others is always something positive. But at the end of the day, you have to have people in your organization, not the people who are the job role with chief idea killer or VP of no or so, but you need to have that people who support you in that idea. And this is why we see that many customers are taking care that that corporate immune system doesn't kill that the new ideas in in a very f early stage of that idea and this is why they are doing these accelerators and startups inside the company where they take the people out they are still employees of that of the uh, company but they are taken out from the organization they have a kind of different reporting and so on but they always have t people who are looking on them and how much money are they burning or what are they really doing and um, this is from my point of you a good thing because then you have to challenge and you have to defeat your idea and um, to defend it but um, you have that freedom to try out something new and yeah. you you don't get killed in the very first moment I agree because I think the, the bigger danger is is not the immune system which may be like the correcting elements but mm -hmm. more an atmosphere afraid to fail Because I think you really need that spot where you are allowed to fail. Because yes. failure is important. Failure is necessary. It puts your mind straight. It, it helps you to, to correct things, which since we are not perfect from the beginning, we need to do that. Nobody of us really wants to talk about that, of course. But um, we really need to do that uh, to be able like thesis and antithesis gives you synthesis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the perfect thing at the end to quote Marx. Sorry. But um, I think this is something what we really have to bear 
aware. Um, and I think you had one of those experiences in that way where it was in that case good to fail to be or for that customer to to find a good a realistic picture about himself where he is and which kind of next steps he would take yeah so yeah just let me say two or three points to that so failure is a very important thing but we are not used to fail because we are living in that success culture and every, everything has to be successful and we have that Yeah, corporate immune system and the people who are spending lots of energy to tell you why an idea would not work. And um, then they say, okay, now you failed. And I said it from the, from from the, the beginning, beginning and so on. I was and right, you were yeah, wrong, yeah. Exactly. And this is not good. And But fail, I also have it in my, in my keynotes, fail is the first attempt in learning. And to be honest, no one of us and no one of our customers can say, hey, we did um, lots of tons of machine learning projects or whatever because when a technology is new it's new to everyone it's also new to us as SAP and yeah we have also to to get our experiences and how to work with it and what works well and yeah where we have to improve and the that situation at the customer you mentioned um, it was quite interesting and I really like it because there we we failed in in some way because the customer had an idea to build up a new platform and we, we helped him to develop the idea of the platform. It's basically they are currently selling products and then they want to move out and to, to define that new business model. So what can we do? Because, yeah, that revenue growth, it's, it's not um, growing enough because everyone has their product and then they decided or they thought about to think uh, to, to build a new um, to build a new digital platform and we were with them and then we had some ideas and we yeah we put that into a presentation and we had a great pitch and a good idea and so on we also had a, a plan how to start and then we talked to the CEO of that company or of that customer and he said hey guys this is a really good idea and I'm talking with my yeah managers and my my um, reports but to be honest we think that it's not you that you are gonna fail it's it's about us that we're gonna fail because we are not at that point that we can do that innovation and um, this is where where we said okay this is this is cool because he the ceo knows that he has to change his business but he is not doing it with with high pressure see so he was good enough to to rethink about that hey do i need to hire new people do i up do i have to upskill my people and then maybe we can start mid of next year and this is also a failure at the very beginning from my point of view but um he was so honest and he said to us as, as sap hey no not at that point we are not yet there from our mindset from our people perspective where you are today and um yeah this is why we stopped that project and yeah but i think that's that's one of the moments that we also need to learn that or to remember that innovation is something very individual yeah for one customer who is at a certain stage some useful innovation some tangible innovation means something completely different than another one um, why we may talk about uh, let's say digital boardroom with one customer because the CFO says yeah we can do that we have the data and uh, I really want to do that for another customer he may think that, that this is great of course but it would so much more help me if I would be able to let's say have transparency about what my machines are doing in that way which is something which is, in my opinion, easier to do if you have the right setup. So um, 
that's I think what we also and always have to keep in mind. Like if we talk like innovation, it's nothing where we should have something like a cookie cutter approach. Like this is something for everybody, but it's an absolutely specific individual thing. Absolutely, which is completely different. yes, yeah, fully agree. I fully agree. Looking at the time, I want to close okay. now because um, you we really had something. What I think a really good. Um, wording a good final word in the end um, you're quite active yourself as being the innovation guy um, so my last question for you when people want to get in contact you want to follow you want to see what kind of things are doing how can they do that um, of course I'm on every social media channel so <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah I'm basically I'm, I'm on LinkedIn Timo Diner and I'm on um, Twitter same handle, Timo Diner. I'm having my, or I'm currently building up my homepage, to be honest, innovationguide.de. And of course, I have my corporate email address like timo.diner at sap.com or premiere innovation.guy at sap.com. It works as well. So yeah, feel free to reach out to me. I'm more than to happy to talk. Yeah, you try that out. Try that out. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, hope to see you again on this channel. We will. We will. Great. Right. See you. Thanks a lot. See you. Bye-bye.